Heads up to listeners, this episode of Celebrity Podcast Podcast contains people adding nothing to the content that they are going to be talking about. It's kind of like what we do. Exactly. All right, let's do it. How does this show start, Henry? Let me pull my notes up. Okay. You have notes? (laughs) I always have notes. Do you not? No. Jesus. I thought we were professionals. (laughs) Oh, well. (sighs) All right. Let's do this. All right. All right. Welcome back to One and a Half Men, the original (laughs) Two and a Half Men recap podcast. My name's Henry Lavoy. I'm one and a half man. I'm joined by my co-host, Rebecca Lavoy, who is zero men. Today, we're covering season five, episode eight, Roots Talk, where Alan, as we all know, wants to make an investigative true crime podcast with Robbie Achaudry, but his car breaks down on the way to the studio. Oh my God. You know, I've never actually watched that show. Me neither. I have no idea what it's about. I watched it out of curiosity during like the Charlie Sheen wackadoodle era. Yeah. Because I, I, I was just, every, I think a lot of people just tuned in for like a minute in that moment just to see like what's happening. Wasn't he the highest paid TV actor like in the early 2010s because I, of that show? I think they both were. I think he and John Cryer d- both did very, very I'm well sure as a result of that show. He was making like over a million dollars per episode or something. I think like, he was making crazy. a lot of money. A yeah. lot of money. And I have to say, they, I thought that, that show was also like in constant syndication because there's so many episodes of it. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say it. You and I have both met John Cryer, and he is a super freaking nice guy. He's lovely. Yeah, he was He's great. Like so, so nice. Yeah. And so I guess we have nothing to add to that conversation about two and a half men because we've never seen it. As you could, if you couldn't tell from the intro, today we are talking about a genre of podcasts. You thought celebrity podcasts were bad. Yes. The crossover celebrity podcast and TV recap podcast (sighs) is what we're getting into today. Celebrities watching their own content and commenting on it. Yeah, it's really, really astounding. It's amazing. It's the lowest form of art. (laughs) Um, So we're talking about two podcasts. Yes. Um, We're talking about Office Ladies. Yes. I'm Jenna Fisher. Angela Kinsey. We were on The Office together. And we're best friends. And now we're doing the Ultimate Office Rewatch podcast just for you. Each week we will bring Which down is an about the office, the office. Yes. And Talking Sopranos about The Sopranos. Oh, okay. I'd be, I would be upset if it wasn't about something. Yeah. <laughs> it's not about two and a half men. It's <laughs> modern family. Yes. <laughs> Hey, I'm Michael Imperioli. And I'm Steve Sharipa. And we're here to tell you about our new podcast called Talking Sopranos. So what do you think the appeal is of rewatch podcasts generally? Because I listen to them like any rewatch podcast. I love The Sopranos. Mm -hmm. And I listen to this. I'm like, this. why would you listen to this? Like, I don't understand what people see in them, why they enjoy them. There was a moment where it was like a cool idea for a second. I remember years and years ago when Twitter was first kind of like really taking off, getting off the ground like 2010, 2011-ish, mm-hmm. Howard Stern uh, joined Twitter. Yeah. And he was watching the movie about his life and career, Private Parts, mm-hmm. which by the way, if you've never seen it, is honestly a great it movie. It's it's so freaking good because old Howard Stern plays young Howard Stern. Like, yeah. It's, it's really good. He's actually in it playing himself. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. he was watching it like on TV as a rerun and he was tweeting about it live. Mm-hmm. And it was really the first time time in my memory a celebrity ever did that yeah commented on their own media in real time mm-hmm. and it was 
great because he was actually saying, oh, I remember when we made this scene, this was yeah, happening. Yeah. And everybody on Twitter was watching it and they were like, oh my God, Howard Stern is inventing like a new kind of commentary. Comment. Mm-hmm. And it actually felt that way at the moment. Yeah. So that was cool. And then I guess when podcasting like super took off, the biggest one to really, really hit was the West Wing one that yeah. Josh Molina did. And I think that one took off because at the time also there was so much nostalgia during the beginning of the Trump presidency for yes. like the West Wing. Yeah. Like, oh my fucking Didn't God. we used to be smug yeah. kind, of, <laughs> kind of era. So yeah, but at this point, I mean, especially after listening to these two, mm-hmm. this is really the first time I ever listened to anything like this. Me too. I really don't get it. Do not get it. Yeah. <laughs> no, me neither. I, yeah. I, it's kind of confounding. It's one of those things where if you have 45 minutes to listen to a podcast about The Sopranos, you could also just watch The Sopranos. Right. Like. I, because th- this doesn't add anything. Yeah. I mean, it's not like a universe expansion situation. Mm -hmm. So I had this great idea that I pitched a podcast company once where I was like, if I were doing what you guys were doing and doing these companion podcasts Mm -hmm. for, you know, a streaming service that will go unnamed, I would do uh, universe expansion. Yeah. Where I would actually have the people on like in character, like doing more in character. Or I would have them come on and do more like, you know, stuff from the show, like kind of like what Issa Rae did with Looking for LaToya, her mm-hmm. fake true crime podcast. Yeah. This investigation was conducted by family, friends, a bitch ass police department, and myself, Rose Cranberry, who is not a journalist by any means. This is Looking for LaToya. They should do more of that. Yeah. That's fucking fun. No, that would be great if it was like instead of Michael Imperioli doing a podcast, it was Christopher Moltisani. That would be so funny. Doing like an advice show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like he was just like doing random love advice or something that was just like a a separate career. It didn't have to be like Sopranos content. It could be like Michael Imperioli as Chris. He could be doing a true crime podcast. Yeah. I get the sense (laughs) that he's too lazy to make that happen. (laughs) Well, from listening to this, yes. I get that sense too. (laughs) So I want to start with Office Ladies. Yeah. Um... So the hosts of this, it's Jenna Fisher and the like cat woman from the office. I don't know the name. <laughs> Angela. <of>. Angela. <laughs> and Angela well, Kinsey her, is the, the actress's name. Oh, yeah. her name is Angela. Okay. It's okay. Angela Kinsey who plays Angela on yeah. the office. Okay. First off, their voices are very similar. It yes. is very difficult to tell them apart. Yes. Um, Angela, have you heard of a store called Michael's? I think we go there almost once a week. I know. I was kidding. <laughs> Which is a common. I feel like this has happened quite a few times in right. this podcast. And it only this. happens. The only time you can tell is when Jenna Fisher says, and that was the moment where I, as Pam, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, oh, that's Jenna Fisher talking. Cool. Yeah. Second thing, the intro to this podcast, exactly what you would expect from this incredibly corny, royalty-free music out of the gate. Which is like not shocking for a podcast. Like, I feel like it's what I've come to expect, but it is like surprising. Like, these people have money. Like, there is at least three ads in every single one of these episodes. Yes. They're rolling it. Can they not like commission a theme song that does not sounds like or buy the rights to use the theme music from the office? I know. <laughs> Hello. Also, like they could have also done a theme that was reminiscent of the office theme. Oh no, it doesn't sound anything like, <laughs> like it. It's we like... had a listener uh, of my other show, Crime Writers, who did a version of our show's theme song in the style of Only Murders in the Building. Yeah, because we we're talking about Only Murders in the Building, like. You can do a song that is in the style of another song, like kind of easily, same instrumentation. Same. Yeah. They could have done that. 
No, they could have. Lazy, um, lazy, lazy, lazy. Incredibly. They don't, I mean, I know you're going to talk about this. They don't use any clips from The Office. No, they don't. They no. are commenting on The Office. They are commenting on it. I would argue that there is fair use rights for them to use clips from The Office. I would argue that oh, there absolutely. is. absolutely. Because they're actually giving like critical commentary about the show. Yeah. But even if there wasn't fair use rights... I would argue this is a great marketing tool for the show, mm -hmm. and there is no freaking reason why they either can't buy the rights to use the show mm -hmm. or ask permission to use the show. They probably would get that permission. Yes. And if there's some reason they don't have permission, they should just tell us they don't have permission. Mm -hmm. um, but I would argue they probably could do some fair use clips in the show. Yeah, I'd say it's probably, again, laziness is the reason why. Laziness because... or just avoidance of problems. Yes. There's probably some legal thing where like their agents were like, you know, let's just avoid it. It would be a whole thing. So the episode we listened to was the second episode of the podcast about the second episode of The Office, which is Diversity Day. The only reason I picked it is like, this is one of the only episodes of The Office I've ever seen. <laughs> okay. What How do you think about The Office before we talk about the podcast? The I American think, Office. I, I, I think The Office is one of the top three most overrated shows in the history of television. Mm -hmm. um, if you look at what was on contemporaneously with much of The Office, Parks and Rec, mm -hmm. Parks and Rec it's not a perfect show. It is a far better show than The yeah. Office. A far better show. But a lot of like the long, the long-lasting bits in Parks and Rec were just better. Yeah. Um, the Office stuff itself in Parks and Rec was better. The fact that there's just like someone in the in the Parks and Rec office that everybody hates for no fucking reason. Yeah. Is actually a truism that is like cleaner and a better joke than almost every joke. In yes. the office. Damn it, Jerry. Yeah, I just think, you know, along with, dare I say, The Wire, um, I think The Office is one of the most <laughs> overrated shows. What do you think of The Office? I think it's not a good TV show, but like the fan base is even worse than the TV Whoa. show. There's kind of like <laughs> what a. What do you mean? What do you mean? There's like a certain kind of like girl who like is in her early 20s, was very into like Visco when that was big, and has like a Hydro Flask water bottle that has a million stickers where it's like. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica and like Dwight Schrute shit on it. I've met this person a million times in my life and they're all exactly the same and mm. they just have like no sense of humor and like, I don't know, it's just such like an ordinary sitcom and the humor is not funny and like the Jim and Pam stuff is just so like drawn out and stupid and like people are obsessed with it. I hate The Office. Well, I, really I hate Jim. Yeah. Jim is an incredibly toxic character like honestly it doesn't oh. jim does not hold up in any way his his workplace behavior is abominable and cruel uh, okay. he, he plays pranks on his colleagues all the time in a not good way um pam <laughs> okay. pam totally gives up her I dreams mean, it's a comedy but yeah well no but not in a, like in a cruel way pam totally gives up for her dreams for jim like more than once mm -hmm. um yes and um you know i as a character frankly he just doesn't really he doesn't hold up. i'm not by the way this is not a new take yeah okay so the podcast itself um this one, I would argue, maybe not as guilty as the Sopranos one, as we'll get into, <laughs> but is mostly just summary of the show. They start with a short summary at the beginning where they like read the episode description. All right, I'm going to start with a synopsis. You love it. That Do seems it. good. Mm -hmm. All right, in the episode Diversity Day, the staff of Dunder Mifflin must complete a diversity training seminar due to some complaints to corporate. Mm -hmm. But manager Michael Scott feels the training was insufficient and subjects the staff to his own training. 
Yes. That's it in a nutshell. That's it, folks. But then they have like a second segment, which is also just summarizing the show. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I think one thing, it's like, if you're listening to this podcast, like you've probably seen The Office before. Like you've probably actually seen these episodes like many times if you're the kind of person who's listening to this stupid show. Like, and the fact that it's mostly summary is infuriating to me. Like they add one thing. Which I liked. What was that? They add the process of writing the show. Mm-hmm. And they answer listener questions. Yeah. I like that. I like the engagement portion. They add, like, this show was written by BJ Novak. This is how the writing process works. The yes. writer of the show creates the outline, and then jokes are pitched in the writer's room. Mm-hmm. And there's no improv on the show, which I yeah. actually didn't know. I would have assumed that there would have been improv on the show. Yeah, I will say, I think there was a few actual, like, things they did add that I found interesting. The first is that, like, the pilot of the show, apparently, was just an adaptation of an episode from the British, the British office. office. Yep. And so the second episode was like the real American one. They basically said like the pilot episode was an adaptation of their script. Mm -hmm. This was not. After the pilot episode of our show, we started writing original Mm storylines for our version of the show. That's right. Unique to the American The Office. That's right. And the writers referred to this episode as the pilot after the pilot. Ooh, that's good little insight, yeah, guys. that's a little insight. The pilot after the pilot. Because they felt like this was establishing what is the American version going to be like? Which I think is so funny that the episode is about like a stupid like corporate diversity training that yes. everybody just has to like sit through and roll their eyes at. Like, yes, with a bunch of race jokes. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. Very on point. Yeah. But other than that they don't have too much to say at all and i also find them both kind of annoying personally i don't i don't know like i i don't want to like trash on these people because i don't know anything about them but i like, don't find them annoying i find them they're seen them they're flat like they're bore, not very funny yeah. yeah and that's that's the problem and it's i know there are episodes where they bring other people on mm-hmm. this is not one of those episodes and there's an issue too there's a power differential between the two of them, yeah. right? Because Jenna Fisher was a star mm-hmm. of The Office, and Angela Kinsey, it even comes up in this episode, was actually a side cast member oh, for yeah. a couple Jenna of years. Oh, yeah. Jenna was throwing so much shade at her. Yes. Like, and it, it was clearly in like a joking way, but like it no, pissed Angela, off Angela. Angela had well, you know what he did for the main cast? I'm sorry. I do know this. You do know? Are you saying I'm sorry because I didn't get one? Yeah. Because you're calling me not main cast? Well, we called you supporting cast. Is this? Yeah. Oh, and that, that was, was so funny. Oh, yeah. I, I, felt, I felt kind of bad. But they also, and they were also talking about how, like, when Angela used to all watch the show together, mm-hmm. and Angela was like, she lived in this apartment that had a half number. Yeah. And, like, yeah, she, yeah. Couldn't, she couldn't, like, fit everyone <laughs> into her apartment. And I remember telling everyone, okay, so my building doesn't have parking. So here I am <laughs> telling the cast, you have to street park. Also, I'm the unit way in the back. It says 824, but I'm 824 and a half. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone came. It yeah. was like so sweet. So there, there, those were the, I found Angela to be charming in that way when she's yeah. like reminding her like, I used to, I was poor. I yeah, didn't have any yeah, power. yeah. Uh, but they are not by themselves particularly dynamic or interesting. Yeah. Which is like, unfortunate. Like Office fans too, they seem very sincere in a way that like kind of creeps me out as like a very <laughs> cynical person. Yeah, like, you're just awful. As a human yeah, being. I am. I just like, and I, I just, I, I enjoy a sharper 
sense of humor than they bring to this. Yeah, no, I I agree. They seem nice. They seem fine, yeah. They, there's not, they're not objectionable. Yeah, I wouldn't want to talk with them about The Office for any longer than 30 seconds. But <laughs> like... listening to this podcast, I found myself thinking over and over and over again, this thing is making them so much richer. Oh, 100%. Millions of people are listening to this. I cannot believe that so many people are listening to this. And this is kind of a bigger point I wanted to make about this, like, specifically, like, I think we've kind of talked in previous episodes about how, like, the celebrity podcasts in particular have a very kind of, like, cash-grabby feel to them yeah. that is obvious. But I feel like this particular genre, the rewatch, yes. the rewatch celebrity podcast, because it's so easy to make these episodes and they're so obviously lazily yes, put together. Yes, so like, lazily put together. Oh, my God, Henry. I skipped ahead. I just wanted to skip ahead like later in the feed mm -hmm. to make sure that my assertion that like they still don't use clips and stuff is true later. Mm -hmm. It is. Later during the pandemic, they're on fucking Zoom <laughs> and they use the Zoom tape. Did they do a photo shoot there? How was this picture made? A lot of curiosity about this picture. We never had the budget to all go to New York or Scranton. So I doubt they went to Jamaica. Just kidding. I know they didn't. They yeah. didn't even like have mics in their homes. They could they could have made a thing that sounded like this in there. You know how I know they could have done that? Because we're in my house right now. Henry. <laughs> what was the editing mistake you were telling me? I didn't finish oh, the episode. So it, on Spotify, there's, there's something wrong with the markers on the show. On Spotify, there was a giant section of this episode that repeated there was like a five minute yeah. section that cut out in the middle and then repeated. And then the show cut off about four minutes before the end for no reason. Absolutely killer. Yeah. So it was Love clearly that. there's something wrong with the production of the show where there was just some misplacement of markers. And I'm like, that was an easy thing to fix. Yeah, there was a few things like that, a few weird editing choices. But yes, it's 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 like not tightly edited. Yeah. Super easily put together. Very lazily made in mm -hmm. a way that's disturbing to me. And then the fact that during the pandemic, they did not send high quality mics to these women's homes. No, it's insane. It would have taken, you could have shipped them overnight. They're not hard to set up. Everything in the studio is like $6,000. Yeah. Jenna can definitely, you know, afford it. Or, you know, with that, those <laughs> ad dollars. I mean, yeah. So that is a perfect transition to talk about the Talking Sopranos podcast. Here which we go. Which is somehow even more lazily put together than this one. But in my opinion... More charming in yes. some ways. <laughs> you know why? The fucking ads. Yes. <laughs> so I have I have a theory about this show. The, the Office Ladies podcast came out before the pandemic. The Talking Sopranos one started in like March of 2020 or something yeah. like that. So I, we're, this is... We're bored. Let's do something. Exactly. Well, <laughs> Hollywood shuts down and you got to have... An income stream, yeah. Let's do something. I think that this is kind of like adding on to like the obvious cash grab nature of this genre where it's like pandemic starts, like, fuck it, let's do this. Let's put four ads in each episode. Like, yep. it's incredible. These two dudes don't need to be talking about The Sopranos, though. No. So <laughs> the show is hosted by Michael Imperioli, who plays Christopher on the show, and Steve Scaripa, who plays Bobby Bacala. Yeah, that's the pronunciation we're going with, is Scaripa. Scaripa. Yeah. And we should say you dressed as as uh, Michael Imperioli's Christopher for Halloween. Mm -hmm. It was an epic costume. And it was really great. You do look a little bit like a young Michael it Imperioli. It was incredibly comfortable, too. I Like, wearing a tracksuit and an undershirt like that all the time, it's like pajamas. Yeah. Like, these the, fucking Italians, these chain. Goombas. <laughs> figured out which you're allowed to say because you come from that heritage yeah from the uh, old country <laughs> let's just say in our family our freckles slide right off yes <laughs> <laughs> does that chain though like or irritates you in the back of your neck though right After oh that? yeah no I, I didn't fuck with that but <laughs> um 
So the episode we listened to this is episode five, which is about the episode College, which is famously like not only considered one of the best episodes of The Sopranos, but like one of the best TV episodes of all time. Mm-hmm. It the, won an Emmy. Yes. It's the one where like Tony goes with Meadow to visit colleges in like Maine or some shit. Um, <laughs> which they didn't even know. No, no. <laughs> Steve was like, it was it was Vermont. Oh. Yeah, And uh, they're supposed to be up in Maine. Looking at colleges, and actually, it was all shot in uh, North Jersey and and uh, I think Rockland County, New York, on the border of Jersey and New York. Oh, I thought. I, why did I say Vermont? It's Maine, right? It's supposed to be Maine, but they did uh, like the college. Like you just watched the fucking show. <laughs> you were in it. You were there, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so first off, this the show starts with an hilarious bit in my opinion the best part yeah because the show started at the beginning of the pandemic and these are like two like just typical hollywood liberal types like they're just going off at the beginning about oh yeah i'm going outside and there's all these people who like aren't wearing masks and like i can't believe they don't care about the essential workers they don't think it's real yeah i mean people think i mean could people actually think this is a a hoax that it's, I hope not. Go into I mean, the hospital. You'll see it's not a hoax. I mean, Go to any uh, hospital in New York, you'll know. Talk so to I, a nurse. Talk to a doctor. Talk to an orderly in the hospital. They'll tell you. Which is so funny to me because, like, especially, like, Michael Imperioli, he's one of those actors who, like, you can only imagine is, like, the one character he's famous for. So just, like, in my mind, imagining liberal Christopher, like. <laughs> We're so funny imagining, yeah. like, all the Sopranos characters just being, like, super Democrats. Yeah, yeah. Being like, Hillary was right, man. She yeah. was right all along. No one listened to her. She was right. Hey, T, take a look at what conservatives are saying about AOC on Twitter. <laughs> it's shameful. It's shameful. <laughs> Polly, I swear if I don't see you clapping for our essential workers one more time. <laughs> so that was awesome. Um, solid start. Um, but after that, like, if Office Ladies is filled with summary, this is like even worse. Wait, like, wait, they wait. really phone it in. in Except <laughs> there's another thing they do, though. Before they start talking about The Sopranos, after they do their stuff about the pandemic, oh, yeah, yeah. there's this 20, 25-minute <laughs> section where Steve is just trying to gossip with Michael. Yeah, yeah. Because he, because he was talking about how he used to be a bouncer, yeah, right. Yeah. Or was he, he worked he, at a casino? He, he managed or something. a nightclub yeah. at a casino, and he were talking about like who tipped well and who didn't yeah, tip. Yeah, it well. started like about like which celebrities tip well. Right, was the question. And then he like d- diverted it into a conversation about which celebrities were dicks. Yeah, and he yeah. was trying to get Michael to like name names. No, it's so funny. <laughs> the conversation starts. Michael's like, oh, like you know who who? What was your biggest tip you ever got? And he Steve, wanted to be positive. And Steve was like, oh, well, I think like Ted. Danza gave me twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Danza. <laughs> Who was the best tipper? The best tipper. Uh, Jerry Lewis gave me twenty dollars. Tony Danza gave me twenty dollars. Twenty dollars is the best tip from. But a that was a good tip years ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And then and then uh, Michael Imperioli was like, "Well, so and so, you know, he used to, like was t- talking about a celebrity that wasn't nice." And and Michael and and Steve was like, "Name names. Who yeah. was it?" <laughs> <laughs> You've met a lot of celebrities that were fans of the show, uh, fans of The Sopranos, as I did. And I'm sure some were very complimentary and, and very nice to you. And then, did you ever have any pricks? Was anybody rude to you? And then he tells this incredible story 
way ahead of the curve about what a dick Ellen DeGeneres was yeah, to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, yeah, it's he like was two right. Two years ago, I see Ellen DeGeneres who worked for me in Vegas. I go to the bathroom. I come out. I wash my hands. I say, "That was kind of you." Yeah, Ellen's talking to somebody. I say, "Excuse me, I hate to interrupt, Ellen. I don't know if you remember me, but you know, I used to run the Riviera, the Improv at the Riviera, and you worked for me." She dismissed me like I was a piece of gum on her shoe. Like, how dare you talk to me? And then he talks about how shitty a tipper uh, Tiger Woods is. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen. Yeah, yeah. yeah what he, what he, he's a great nickname for Scotty Pippen. No tipping Pippen. No tipping Pippen. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Tiger Woods is the worst tipper in the universe. <laughs> Scotty the Pippen. The best golfer, but the worst tipper. The worst tipper. A Scotty Pippen. They call him in Vegas, no tipping Pippin. And they call Michael Jordan, Horton Michael Jordan. But the, the audience here, you guys will be happy to know that apparently the cast at The Sopranos, they were big tippers. Big and tippers. Big tippers. Big tippers. Well, you know, Soprano guys are different. You know, our cast, we tip. Jim was a big tipper. You're a we big were big tipper. tippers. Yeah. I'm tipping. Stevie Van Zandt, big tipper. And apparently Mick Jagger's fine if you're a young lady. Yeah. But Keith Richards <laughs> is the one you want to hang out with all night. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there were moments where I just had to say, you're sitting in Ronnie Wood's hotel with Keith Richards and Ronnie Wood. And they were just, we hung out for two days. We went to the art museum the next day, which was closed. And they opened it up for us. Wow. Uh, for them, not for me, but uh, I was phenomenal. Yeah, they were That's a good one. really, really great. great and and uh, did you meet Jagger? I met Mick and Charlie, yeah. Uh, Charlie's very friendly. Mick's, uh, Mick's okay. No, he wasn't. Tell the <laughs> truth. I know you're lying. I love Mick Jagger. Lying, but I you're mean, lying I'm a to big me. Mick Jagger fan. But you're lying. No, he, he was okay. You know, he's. Uh, I think if you're not a sexy young woman, you could get a little bit of an attitude. Anyway, we yeah. digress, no, just like they did. It's an excellent 15 minutes oh of my, radio. This, that, and the ads. Yeah. If the whole podcast was that, I'd listen to it every week. No question. Every If the whole podcast was just them gossiping. Just naming celebrities and giving their takes. And, like, and doing, no, just, just them talking about anything. It was like yeah. listening to like Howard Stern on a good day. It was just them riffing <laughs> about shit that was happening, and it was great gossip, great just riffing, fun. And again, the fucking ads. Yes, yes. Best ad reads I've heard in a podcast in a so long funny. time. The Bose headphone ad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This episode of Talking Sopranos is supported by Bose. We are wearing our Bose headphone 700 right now uh, as we make episodes of Talking Sopranos. I use mine all the time for listening to podcasts, enjoying music, making phone calls with the most powerful mic system for voice pickup. Think of them as smart headphones that let you keep your head up to the world with easy access to voice assistance. Oh, my God. Yeah. The better help ad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk to a therapist online and get some help. And, you know, if Tony used this, he wouldn't have had to worry uh, about it being seen at Melfi's office. There you go. On a more practical thing. I mean, on a more practical. You want privacy, you know, you don't you want don't want people to know your business. I mean, what's better than this? It was so 
funny. It's the best BetterHelp ad I've ever heard after hearing what, like thousands of them. Yeah, and thousands. the best Bose headphones ad I've ever heard. Yes. Anyway, the content. So other than that, yeah, the meat of the episode. Oh, horrible. Um, it's horrible. not good. Like, horrible. Surprisingly bad. Like I said, they really fucking phone it in on this. Like they- They add nothing. Basically are just like reading the Wikipedia plot <laughs> summary and like forgetting shit about the show. Like even though, again, they were both there. They made the show like- And then Tony went to the restaurant. Yeah. And it was a dinner scene. Really well acted, don't you think? And it's really like, it's hard to keep track. Like I've seen the episode of the show, like, and I like couldn't keep track of what they were saying right. at some points. One funny thing though. Because this is the same episode where Carmela has Father Phil over for yeah, dinner. Yeah, yeah, for baked ziti. Steve is so offended. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like, <laughs> By that scene. Just over and over again, he's like... He, he's eating, he's drinking, he's talking movies. I mean, it's very much a day. He, he, he's full of shit, this guy. Full of shit. He's romancing her. Yeah, which is obvious. I mean, like, it's such a stupid point to make. Like, He was trying to roll. He was whining and dining her. Well, it was so funny. There's, like, this one moment where I think, like, Michael actually makes kind of, like, an interesting point about how, like, Meadow's kind of, like, being groomed to be a mob wife where he's, like... But this is another, uh, what I was saying, the, the development of her character and being this strong woman and, you know... Kind of a mob wife in training in a weird way. And then, like, <laughs> Steve just immediately goes into, like, it's like, I can't believe it. Like, D Father Phil, he's romancing her. <laughs> uh, Father Phil's got it all going on. Very slick. He's romancing her. Make no doubt about it. Father Phil. Oh, there's a lot of tension. He's touching her hair, <laughs> eating her ziti, drinking her wine. <laughs> he, lit a, he lit a fire in her fireplace. So inappropriate. Father yeah. Phil. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if he was judgy. He thought he was being judgy about Carmela, too, which I did not like. No. Because Michael Imperioli, again, was trying to be insightful. He's like... She likes the attention. She likes the fact that he's a priest, that, you know, there's something there that uh, she respects. But she also likes his sensitivity, I think, the attention, the Absolutely. gentleness, maybe. Yeah, yeah, She's getting yeah. attention and tenderness from a man, which is something she never gets. Yeah. Clearly, she craves it. And then Steve's like, is it appropriate? Yeah. <laughs> he's a freeloader, you know, this guy. He's a freeloader. He loves it. <laughs> well, it's kind of interesting because, like, I don't know. I This is the only episode I've listened to, but I was reading some of the iTunes reviews for the show. And, like, the most common kind of review I saw is basically people saying, like, I love The Sopranos. Like, I've watched The Sopranos a dozen times since the pandemic started. I literally found one where a guy said he's watched The Sopranos ten times since the beginning of the pandemic. Which, wow. Like, you know. That's a lot. You go. What else? You don't have a job, do you? guy <laughs> but um you know what he quiet quit no yeah he's like he's like tony <laughs> where he like is always yelling at his kids about how hard he works to you know pay for their school or whatever and then just goes and watches tv in the back of a strip club for 18 <laughs> hours a day <laughs> snowboard used to be beautiful 100 percent italian the 1920s most of them right off the boat most italians couldn't even find a church that wanted them so what did they do did they cry did they go to the government with their hand out no they took care of their own problems. They said, you don't want us in your church? Fine. We'll build our own. But, like, everybody hates Steve, but they love him, Michael Imperioli. Oh. Everybody's like, oh, he's, like, blubbering buffoon, and, like, I wish he would just shut up. He talks too much. Like, he's a steamroller, oh. like, all this stuff. Uh, yeah, but I like Michael, too. They're, I like them both. Yeah, I feel like Michael doesn't bring a lot of, like, charisma in the same way that Steve does. Michael like, seems Steve... bored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he's just trying to get his paycheck. I, it seems like Michael is like, here I am again, talking about this thing. I don't want to gossip. I just want to talk about this thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I'm not trying to name names. Like. But it also seems like neither one of them came with too many notes. No, not at all. I mean, not like I'm one to judge. I don't have any notes right now. But yeah, like, yeah. they are being paid. Like we're, You and I are not making a big paycheck at all. What do we make, $56 so far in this Hell podcast? Hell yeah, dude. Uh, they don't seem prepared. Yes. And I would say that if anyone seems less prepared, it's probably Michael. Yeah. Oh, totally. And I think that like... I, I, this is a, I kind of like podcasts that are a little kind of like anti podcast or it's like yeah where it's less structured like more conversational Me too. Me too. but this is just like a whole nother level of laziness and like they're also making so like there's so many ads in both of these like they got to be like rolling in it okay um, yeah and I don't know I mean like I think especially when it's just like these celebrities like people who are not like making these incredibly popular podcasts just because of like the merit of how good it is like they literally it's just because of who they are and they have the name recognition which is like how the industry works i guess it's, it's a good opportunity to just like talk briefly about raised by ricky which, yeah which we both listened to a little bit sure 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 did ricky lake even re-watch any of the episodes of that show no okay so <laughs> before before they made that podcast for context raised by ricky is a podcast but with ricky lake yeah um and, and her co-host and a co-host who is like a young probably like 30 something guy who used to be a producer on ellen black yeah queer and and literally ricky says at the beginning of the show i had you on this because you're young yeah black and queer no, for like, pretty much is what she says yes no explicitly and I wanted like to just bring someone along that didn't necessarily grow up with me. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to look at it through the lens of a young person today because it's been almost 30 years since we launched the show and things are really different now. And basically, he talks to Ricky about what an icon Ricky is and how each episode is iconic. Yeah. And then they talk about moments in the show and it's as, as if Ricky wasn't there. No, literally, she'll just be like, oh yeah, I was on so much Ambien. Like, I don't remember when the wig got snatched yeah. off their head. You and, know, and it's, <laughs> it's and, and, crazy. So, so that, Do you remember any of this? No, I don't. I mean, <laughs> you know, no. Blame it on the eh, 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 bien. Like, he'll say, like, so then the, then this thing happened on the show and Ricky will be like, what did I do? It was so hard not to laugh. I, I'm guessing I laughed in the actual show. I'm guessing because I'm human. You didn't laugh. Didn't laugh. I kept it together. Was I was I mad? Was I? Don't worry. We, I, I, we're going to show you. It is, it is as if she was not even on her own program or as if she did not actually live through the 90s. Because also there's a segment where they talk about what happened in the 90s. Yes. yes. And it's, it's as if she doesn't remember the 90s. She's like, oh, was that when we liked Bill Clinton? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So in 1993, <laughs> in politics, this was Clinton's first year in office. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. First year in office, so pre the scandal. Yeah, Miss Monica. Way, way, way pre. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's when we liked him, right? We all liked him at this point. He was going to do good things. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> what? Okay. Uh, okay, Ricky, cool. The Ricky one is just like, we were going to review it, but I feel like in some ways it's just so sad. It like, was like this, punching down. It yeah. Felt really, it felt this really woman bad. like really is like, it, it's like, remember those uh, pictures when um, Prince Philip was like 99 and like just a fucking ghost yeah. like walking around? Like that's what it feels like. Yeah, it was, it was d- deeply like, sad. Half a person. And she's talking about her dead partner a lot. And yeah. just, She's trying to be very positive about something that feels just incredibly sad. Yeah. Anyway, um, this is better than that. Yeah, this is better. <laughs> I would say I'd, I'd rank the Sopranos one, even the Office one I would rank above. Oh, I agree. Raised by I Ricky. agree. Raised by Ricky is not good. No. In my um, opinion. Sorry, Ricky. So do you have any final thoughts about this genre of the celebrity podcast rewatch TV show genre? I'm jealous. 
Yeah. I really am. I'm jealous that you can be famous and make so much money for being for doing so little and putting in so little effort. Well, if you could rewatch any TV show and make a very profitable podcast, what TV show would you uh, watch? Any Netflix reality show. Yeah. Selling Sunset, Selling the OC. I'm not <laughs> fucking, fucking, the fucking kidding. ghouls on Selling the OC. Oh my God. <laughs> I would do anything to make a podcast about that show. I would do anything. Anything. I actually work for Netflix and I drop a hint about that on every call we have. <laughs> I would do anything. The Mole. Yeah. Netflix reality is where it is at. There's even a show called Frickin' Designing Miami that is way better than it has any right to be. <laughs> any Netflix reality show, period. But if yeah. you're talking like um, like a drama, probably The Americans, which is like my favorite yeah. TV show of all time. Really? I lo- Yeah, I love The Americans. Oh, I didn't know that. I think The Americans is a superior television that really holds up. Yeah. All right. Well, do you have anything else you can think of? You I'm wanna jealous, add we jealous, jealous. Um, and I'm thinking about making a podcast on which we talk about what happened on the previous episode of Celebrity Podcast Podcast. Oh, my God, dude. Holy shit. Celebrity now we're th- Podcast Podcast Podcast. Hell yes. Do it. <laughs> All right. Well, this has been... Um, Madman and Madwoman, a uh, week by week <laughs> recap of uh, Mad Men. This has been wonderful. Any idea what we're talking about next time? No. Okay. Because we've been talking about that we're going to talk about stuff and then we don't do it. So I'm not, not committing to anything. All right. Well, let's sign off before we get sued at the wazoo. All right. Thanks, Henry. Peace. This episode of Celebrity Podcast Podcast was produced by me, Henry Lavoie, with very little preparation from Rebecca Lavoie. Music in this podcast was produced by Nongdo, Chuck Lorre, and David Carbonara. Original podcast art is made by Jeff Lassiter. Want to buy a sponsorship or make a suggestion for a celebrity podcast we should cover? Do you think we should start our own celebrity rewatch show? I do. Send us an email at celebpodpod at gmail.com. That's right. I'm Rebecca Lavoie. And I'm Henry Lavoie. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.